excuse me, can you guys keep it down, please? We're in an interview. Sorry, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Next time you're going to illegally park and interview the interview or interrupt the interview. We screwed the five, guys. Sorry. If you're going to talk, you got to talk on the interview. <laughs> This week, we discuss 20 years of FOBAB with Pete Crowley, Raced Out, and Jana Meston. This is episode 95 of The Malting What's Hour. What's the half on the hops, guy, yeast, and speech? This is The Malting Hour, where we talk about our drink and tell you what we think every other week. And if we get drunk, well, we might slur our speech. Got the gift of gab, the friends you wish you had. Join us for a drink, join us for a laugh. Time is never wasted, where you getting wasted? The Malting Hour here, people, people take your places. Welcome to the Malting Hour. I am one of your hosts, Tony Gold, joined always with Brandon Winninger. And we are in Haymarket. And, 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 and I'm, are you ready? You were disappointed before what I said before. This is my first time in Haymarket. I'm, I'm fine if you visit other breweries. It's okay. <laughs> we won't say what that it's was. It's okay. About. I go to other breweries. I was at Cruz Blanco just 15 minutes ago. Oh, I mean, they're right over here. Yeah. yeah. I love that place. I haven't been there in forever. Uh, it's not even that old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good food, too. Uh, well, the voice you just heard, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello. It's good Crowley. I am one of the founding members of the old Haymarket Brewery and uh, the head brewer here. Thanks for having us here. And we're also joined with? Hi, I'm Ray Stout. I'm the executive director of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. Awesome. This is like a one-two punch of a, an episode for us. So thank you guys for... Actually, thank you, Ray, for like putting this together. I and Who would have thought my card actually got me uh, an interview? First time. Thanks, Brandon. For get, thank you, Brandon, for making those cards. Hey, thanks, everybody. All I'm doing is making sure the audio sounds good. You just want to make sure that you get someone to email you back when they're buzzed, and then they're, then they're on the hook. They're like, oh, I did what? Oh, shit. Oh. Give me your card. Why don't you email me right now? Who are these guys? The malting what? I, oh, I actually, <laughs> I actually uh, did that. I forget his name. The, the owner of Burning Bush Brewing. Um, Right. Yes, I said uh, he he gave me his email right there and then and I sent it to him and I said Tony from uh, Friday Night Flights and that was it and he replied on on, on Monday that we were gonna uh, we're gonna try and do something with them as Brent, well. Brent's a great guy and talk about a weird story is that he, he yes he is a pastor by trade he decided to open up a brewery now they're doing this great expansion over there and it's gonna be a really cool place. Is his there. brewery tax free? No. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really having a hard time not sending my kid to the daycare that happens to be right next door to the brewery. So that was that was a brewery that I got a chance to go to when during the pandemic when there was that brief time in the late summer, early fall where we thought maybe we were just gonna it was gonna be done before the we're gonna be okay. Yeah, everything was gonna be okay. Uh, one of the other hosts, Clark, he and I uh, went there. We sat outside. And it was a nice spot, I mean, right there by the river. It's yeah, great. Absolutely. They built out a patio and they're ha- they're building out an event space, so it's gonna be great when they're done with it. That's exciting. But that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about. Well, we, <laughs> okay, can, we can't. We can like talk about said, breweries. We can talk about other breweries. There's 300 to choose from in Illinois, so there's plenty to talk about. Well, before, well, well, one of the things we are here to talk about is the 20th anniversary of Fobab, and then that's why we're, we're here. Before we get into that, I would, uh, for people who don't know. Uh, Pete, can you give us a little bit uh, information about Haymarket, the history? Sure. You can give us an abridged version. Yeah, you can no, give us a very long version. That's fine. Uh, so I had been brewing in Chicago uh, since 99, and I was at the Rock Bottom downtown. I was there for actually 10 years. And at the time, uh, I was looking to open up my own place. I met my business partner, John. We found this location in the West Loop. Uh, and at the time, the West Loop was... Uh, was not so great uh so we got a really good lease and then i <laughs> i went to the i mean like really good uh i went to the uh chicago historical society and looked up the area and learned a whole lot about the haymarket square the haymarket square riots and uh, the monument for the actual event and the affairs are across the street over the highway uh we're in the southwest corner so we decided we wanted to name it after a uh a, 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 really a world wide, worldly known event that occurred in Chicago. And so that's when we came up with Haymarket. We used a lot of the names, like I'm drinking Oscar's Pardon right now. That's Oscar Neeby was one of the Haymarket 8 that was there during the uh, during the during that day, um, the 3rd of May. Um, 
1886. But so we, we decided this neighborhood was perfect for us, near trains, near bus. So we got open, got rocking and rolling. Met, and then I finally met, uh, uh, when I met John, we came up with the idea that we not only love making craft beer, but we also are very good at making sausages, smoking meats, that kind of thing. So we built the concept as basically handmade sausages, our own pulled pork. Um, we utilize all that on our pizzas, also in sandwiches, and then our craft beer. I'm hungry now. Thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can get all of our encased and, and homemade meats on either a sandwich form or a pizza, and then of course all of our beers. Mm, nothing like a good sausage pilsner. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't know all of that. So thank, like I said, I'm I'm very ignorant to being here. Yeah, this no, is my first right. time here. So well, we're we're 12 years old. Uh, so I've been brewing in Chicago for, for 22 years. I've been brewing for almost 30 overall professionally. Um, I fell into the brewing scene by accident out of college. I walked into a brew pub in Aspen, Colorado to get drunk. And <laughs> As most people do. Came out with a job. <laughs> be there for, uh, I was only be there for a week or two. Uh, the Flying Dog Brew Pub in Aspen, it's not there anymore. But at the time, uh, I never had a craft beer. My, my biggest craft beer at the time was Keystone Light because the, <laughs> the can was specially lined. Uh, so, what a craft. Yeah, so I paid the extra, so up, up to $4.99 a case yeah. is what I was paying. Uh, so when I got out there and I tried this dry hops, doggy style pale, I fell in love with it. And so I ended up, was only going to stay for two weeks in Aspen. I stayed for three years. Wow. And, uh, and that's where my brewing career took off. And so since 1994, since I've been brewing here. And that's the only job I've had out of college is making alcohol. Man, that's, a, that's living the dream. Yeah. Oops. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, will, I will say that in terms of the trajectory of craft beer in the, in the state of Illinois, especially in the city of Chicago, um, Haymarket um, was one of the founding fathers of, of that. You know, obviously Rock Bottom is good now. But to see where it has become, where there's 160 breweries right around the Chicagoland area from somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 20 to 30 in the state, when the time a market opened is, is, is astounding. Yeah. yeah, I think when we uh, started, when I first started as president of the Guild, the Guild started uh, about three or four years before I, I got on the board and then became president. Uh, and I would say the meetings were maybe 20 people, and they were usually just at a table at like the map room. And now we can't find locations that are big enough to host the meetings. That's and, awesome. And the, the membership is there to actually be involved and and to learn and to be a part of the community where when we first started it, and this is no slight on anyone, but it was kind of like a social club. Mm -hmm. We had the meetings so we could eat and drink. Sure. <laughs> like, what's on the agenda? I don't know. When's the pizza getting here? You know, like, That's how our brew club started. And now we're talking about thiols and, and yeast, you know, metabolism and bio transformation. And I'm like, when's the pizza getting here? <laughs> Yeah, I remember it was years ago, like 2012, um, I was working at Fishman's up on the north side. Yeah. Um, I was So I started off doing all their marketing when they went into wanting to be craft beer, and I'm the one that got them signed up as like uh, members of the guild, and then every time there was a meeting invite, they would just forward it to me, they're like, just go there and sit there, just wear a Fishman shirt, and like, you're telling me to go somewhere and just drink and eat? Yeah. You know that's all they do, right? It's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, we would we yeah. would pick our meetings uh, as a board on what place we haven't tried yet. <laughs> Man, I've always wanted to go to this place. I hear they got great oysters. Let's go there. <laughs> Champagne and oysters for the board meeting. Okay, it's come a long way. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> now I sat there the last board meeting. I sat there for two and a half hours waiting for a freaking beer. I was like, come on. They're like, it's it's ten thirty in the morning. I'm like, yes, it's ten thirty in the morning. I have been awake for way three behind. hours. Way behind. I've been awake for three whole hours. Ray, it's like, well, we still have to do this presentation with. Oh God. You can have a beer and do what a presentation. What happened to the guild? It's so organized. It's you so, guys change. It used to be so punk. It's yeah. fucking sold it's out. So well run. It's so organized. We learn shit. Like, oh my god. god. Sorry. Jeez. Oh, Ever since that Ray guy came around, everything. I was like, we're doing stuff. Well, speaking of ruining things, Ray, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> um, so um, I, I, I was pretty new to the beer community when taking this job. So for the past decade, um, my background is running labor unions 
And so um, I would like to point out, I'm interrupting you on purpose, that the guy whose last name is Stout is yeah. new to the beer. That's right. Thank you. I was born for this. I said, I was like, he changed his name specifically, right? When I, when I reach out to legislators, I assure them that I'm not a gnome de plume, that I'm an actual person. <laughs> um, and so for the past decade, I've helped run labor unions on the East Coast and, and most recently uh, SEIU Local 73 in Chicago. Um, and so what I've really learned about that, it's member organizing, right? And so the Guild is just a membership organization. And so there's a lot of great fights ahead of us. There's a lot of legislation that we need to pass in order to keep the beer community thriving here in Illinois. Um, because what people don't realize is that every ounce of beer that is sold in a brew pub is tied to politics in one way yeah. or another. Um, and so, you know, that's the th that's what I was really excited about to bring to, to this new role. Um, in addition to all the training that, that Pete talked about and the thiols <laughs> and the vinyl transformation and everything like that. Um, so, you know, my background is, is in organizing members and, and running nonprofit organizations. So I was excited to kind of step into a scene where... Um, I was pleasantly surprised on how there's such great camaraderie in the brewing community. Um, you know, when you think of typical businesses, you think of people, you know, it's a cutthroat thing. You know, I don't want this person to succeed because I want my business to succeed. But one of the best things about the Guild is that there's this listserv, right? And so within five minutes of somebody posting that I need XYZ hop, they're posting, stop texting me, I have what I need. <laughs> and so it's a really great community that Good we have here in have. Illinois. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been my pleasure to serve in this role for about a year and for as many more years as, as, as it takes to, to pass all the laws that we need to pass. We've talked about it numerous times. Um, when we, when specific, like we, we'll, we'll cover, obviously we cover a lot of Chicago and Midwest beers being here in Chicago. Uh, but one of the things we've always talked about is the community as far as Chicago and even just, you know, greater Illinois or greater Chicago area, like how close, like it, it like exactly what you said. It's not, there's never, it never seems like one brewery is, is, is like breweries are helping each other open up. When we were at Double Clutch um, recently uh, and did their interview with them. They were talking about how Trevor from Old Irving helped them get started. And the guys at Temperance were also like there to help them out as well. I think Smiley Brothers, um, but it was it was it, it's it's awesome to hear that that's exactly what you guys were. Yeah, and, were and the fact that it for. still continues to this day is a is a really uh, big statement for this industry because I mean, that's what it was started on. That's what it was based on. But the fact that here we are, twenty years later, and everyone's still helping each other out instead of taking the opportunity to like steal shelf space or. Or, you know, or like, oh, yeah. I want to take their business, I'll take their Christmas parties because they're not open yet, you know. <laughs> or instead, it's like, how can I help you get open so you can have your Christmas parties, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, an example was way back in the day was, uh, I remember when Metropolitan Brewing was opening, uh, Trug and, Trug, uh, Doug and Tracy Hurst um, were trying to get this, this batch of beer out to their distributor. It was like their, one of their first ones and they needed to get the check so they could get the check in to buy more stuff. And their filter took a shit. Oh. And I remember Doug texted me, and he's like, can I borrow your DE filter? I was like, sure. He showed up with a, 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 a new haul and we loaded it up. We went up, we filtered his beer, <laughs> put it in bottles, and I took my filter back down to my brewery, and then he sold it to the distributor. And, you know, it's, and, and it hasn't changed in 20 years. Yeah, not at all. So that's, I mean, that's a testament to, to the integrity of, of the craft, that you're more concerned about the quality of the beverage and, and and the players in it and helping them succeed than you are being the, the top dog. So I think that's cool. I feel like even with this year, Twisted Hippo is the perfect example. I like how everybody, like everybody, I, I, I haven't seen so much like outpouring support for a local business that was devastated by a fire or any like bad thing that everybody got together and just yeah. made sure that they were taken care of that, to know that people have their they, they did come hard for Skeleton Key too when that's, they, absolutely, <laughs> that's absolutely right like, and so when Skeleton Key was devastated by a tornado or when Twisted Hippo um, was devastated by a fire um, the outpouring from you know started by the brewing community um, GoFundMe was started by um, a staff member at Microphone Brewing at the time up in Elk Grove Village um, and, you know, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, um, I'm happy to report that, you know, Carl and Marley from, from, from Twisted Hippo are back on their feet. 
they're pouring beer again. Carl's actually on our board now, yeah. um, and it's good to have them back in the community because they bring such a such a great voice and such a great kind of gestalt life force to 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 the brewing industry. So we're happy, so happy. I reached out um, when it first happened, and I was like, "Hey, if you ever need to brew batches of beer here, we have a distributor. I, we can brew and keg it, so you can still have beer in the market." And he goes, "You're like." The 12th person today that has reached out and said that to me. I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, you that's know? a good feeling. That's, I mean, it's, and again, it just goes back to the whole you know, community uh, of craft beer. And, and it's, not a, it's not a fairy, it's a fairy tale. We're, like, we're, not, it's not, we're not just trying to like, blaze over and make it sound like it's just an amazing, cool vibe industry. Like, it's, it's real. It's, it's, it happens every day. It's unbelievable. You don't yeah. see Coke and Pepsi or Chevy and Ford. Having, yeah. having that I was literally just going to say you don't see that in other industries where like everything is just like head to head but here it's and, and I, don't, I can't say that it's like that in every city I'm sure that there's some cities where people are more hardcore and cutthroat you know when they're dealing with craft beer but I mean the vibe in Chicago is just it's so community like no matter where you go everyone's just everyone's cool and that, that's been my experience this and I would say not even Chicago I would say the whole state I mean yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't, I don't want to make it to be a craft beer Chicago thing even though we are talking about Full Bab which is in Chicago and, and I'm a Chicago brewery but it is a it is a statewide thing and it's and it's it's cool people will drive a long way to help each other out and, and be a part of different events and yeah that's a great I mean, community I think that's exactly right is that when you when you brought up what's happening up there in Evanston with that development of, of those breweries, and, you know, you look around the state and there's all these little pockets of breweries popping up, and they're popping up two, three, four at a time. Yeah. And what they're becoming is, is little beer destinations, and so we're urging people to go check out these smaller cities, go check out these kind of collar counties because there's there's so much great beer out there that we're brewing in the state of Illinois. We learned that just going up again one of the few times during the pandemic we're like there's a chance that the pandemic isn't really happening anymore we went out to woodstock to go to holslager oh yeah out there and that was so much fun uh, and then brandon introduced me to the pizza place right next door oh, yeah. Yeah, pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> uh, when's the pizza coming <laughs> <laughs> before we move on we do have a third person sitting at the table and you and i, I want because you are here and, and she met you used to be part no. of but you, I mean, you, you, you have your own thing. I mean, please yeah, introduce like, yourself. Like selling partner here. Um, so, I am Jenna Meston, um, uh, former board member for the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild, former everything at Haymarket Brewery for <laughs> several years, um, but currently run my own events company uh, on the side. But. Your card um, is in my wallet still. Yes, it is. We got to together on a Friday night flight. We did. So, two for one here. Like, <laughs> just wanted to point out that, like, that all of this, so, like, if there has been any guiding principle for the guild from when I was involved with it very, very early under Pete's uh, guidance, was that the, the rising tide lifts all the ships. Um, and that's been the the thing the whole time is that like you know Coke and Pepsi wouldn't do this but yeah. but we do because we're all trying to do the same thing and and that's been a huge thing for the guild for years and like the fact that it's actually still successful is amazing absolutely um, and I feel like that sets us apart from other states by like far reaches that like. Because all the breweries in this state say, like, hey, we're all in this together and we need to band together to do this and, like, make it work. Like, we're way ahead of other states that are dealing with, like, petty infighting. I would say, yeah, in, internal fighting, yeah, that's no good, no yeah. good. Yeah, and it, it, it's, again, to reiterate, it just, I, I feel like we're really lucky to be in Illinois and in Chicago you know, with the beers that we have, not only just the beers, but the community that surrounds us, uh, you know, that, that's built it up. So thank you guys for making that a thing. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that podcast is over. Let's talk about Finally, patting yeah. <laughs> you guys on the back. Uh, <laughs> I really, I'm sorry, I drank my beer really fast, and so now I feel like that I slammed the water, and I drank the beer, and now I'm on a roll. Let's do it. We're hitting Fobab. See, now you're... Now, now I'm back to being Tony. Now dehydration means shit. Yeah, right? yeah just back in the fold. My wife back. can't wait till I get home. Now I'm like, I got another beer. I love the fact that we are now going to talk about Tony in the third person. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Hi, I'm Tony. Tony, <laughs> Tony wants to ask you a question. 
<laughs> Tony wants is to it know. allowed? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so bringing it back, kind of uh, not bringing it back, but the, the second part, you know, the main topic I would say is we're coming up. This on is the, the, main, yes, the, main the 20th twentieth year of Fobab, and um, I always love it when somebody makes a side comment. And Ray, you mentioned that Pete had an interesting story. Yes. About the the, the kind of inception of Fobab, so I'd be curious to hear. I'm not even sure which one you want me to tell. Ooh, there's, there's are there a, multiple versions? Tell the podcast-worthy one. Oh. Just, just <laughs> the, the tell all one? of them, and then we will pick which one. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. yeah we'll edit it. So do you want Whatever me to tell you the part where <laughs> at the end the organizers went down and drank five ounces of every single beer we had at Full Bad Number 1, and then we all threw up and held each other's hair? Or do you want me to tell you the story about how Full Bad started? Let's go with the story about that. Oh, that's starting. Oh, first. Okay. <laughs> okay, excellent. Maybe we'll circle back around to the thing here, but like, we definitely like, want to hear how it started. Can you edit that? Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, we had been uh, going back and forth a bit in this in this area with barrel-aged beers and, and contests, okay? So, whether it was uh, uh, the Beer Society or, like, homebrew events or, or popular vote events or if we went to World Beer Cup or... Uh, Great American Beer Festival, or you know things like that. It was always kind of this competition amongst Flossmore Station, which was Todd Ashman at the time, uh, Goose Island. So Greg Hall was was early on with the Bourbon County. Uh, I started uh, barrel aging when I was living out in Colorado, but especially here uh, in uh, in Chicago. The first two years that uh, barrel aged beer was a Actual category at, at JBF, I won the gold both years. Hey, first hey, two, yeah. But the, but the <laughs> thing is, I beat the people that were best at the game. Yeah. And so they were like, "Who's this rock bottom <laughs> guy?" Right. <laughs> so it became this thing, and we all became like this. I don't know. It's almost like this club of. And then Matt Van Wick came in to go up with Todd Ashman. But back when Todd Ashman was there, it was this kind of group of people with just, and we were doing like one bourbon barrel four bourbon barrels it wasn't like yeah. this whole room you know what I mean so it was like super super rare stuff and uh, and I remember going back and forth and, and we are talking with, with Greg and Greg was was not on the board or anything with the guild but he was part of part of always being involved in the, the Chicago beer scene obviously uh, Greg Hall and uh, he's like, why don't you guys? He didn't want to do lift a finger for it. He was going to get as much, as much beer as we wanted. I got the same, right? yeah. But he was like, why don't you guys, as in not me, have a festival? And we're like, I don't know anything about running a freaking festival. This is at the time. Who knew? Uh, and, uh, and we're like, all right. So I was at Rock Bottom at the time. And we're like, well, let's do it in the banquet space at Rock Bottom on a Tuesday. Because I don't want anyone to show up. <laughs> because A, I don't know how much beer I'm going to have. And B, I don't know how many people are going to show up. Yeah. So we didn't know if we needed security. We didn't know how to do ticket sales. We didn't know how to, I mean, we didn't know anything. Come on in. So $5 at the door. You're like, beer? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So obviously Flossmore was in. Goose was in. We were in. Uh, and uh, and Jeff Sparrow uh, at the time was was helping run the Chicago Beer Society, which is one of the, one of the reasons why... That particular homebrew club was one of the reasons why Chicago became such a great brewing city so early, because their passion for going to places and having beers that were from all over the world and and, and also you know nothing that was like mass produced like and so places like the the Map Room and Sheffields and, and and those places and the Goose Brew Pub right. were super successful because that's the only places they all went mm-hmm. and they were a pretty good fan base and so he's like well I'll help. All right. He ended up be, being on the, the board of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. Uh, so we're like, okay, let's do this. So we decided we'd reach out and see what we could get. Right? So I knew I had some barrel-aged beer. We had some, you know, he was, like I said, Flossmore. And, uh, and Jeff called uh, his connection at Sam Adams. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you something. I'll send you, like, a jug of something. Like, it was just, it was just this barrel-aged stuff, right? <laughs> We got a five-gallon plastic container of Utopia. Oh, shit. <laughs> with a giant screw cap that we had to, like, pour into a firkin Holy cow. so we could serve it because yeah. it was a five-gallon jug of Utopias. I mean, imagine that today. That's insane. That is insane. And then he 
reached out to his buddy Peter Bugard out in, uh, out in New Belgium, and all of a sudden, like five cases of La Folie showed up. <laughs> and at the time, you could only get one bottle of La Folie a day per visit at the at the brewery. Wow. One bottle, and they sent us like five whole cases. Holy Here's shit! Here's La Folie. We're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, something's happening. And like and all yeah. of a sudden, showed up, and we're like, this is kind of this is pretty cool. I, I, I feel like this is like a super rare event. And about 125 people or whatever showed up. And I think we had 15 or 20 beers. I can't remember. Do you have the Do you have the list of the first year? No, I don't. No, that oh, one doesn't. I, I don't think. I, that think I think you had. I think you had about 12 beers. Yeah, it was. I, I feel like I want to interject at, the, at this point and point out that this original FOBAB was on April 1st. Yeah, it was. Oh, really? no, yeah, it was actually. And so a lot of people didn't come because they thought it was a joke. <laughs> I can see that. Sure. Uh, so it happened to be Tuesday, April 1st, 20 years ago. So uh, people showed up. They were blown away. We we did a judging. It was blind judging, so I couldn't judge. Todd Ashby couldn't judge. And I remember that uh, Todd and I won uh, all three. Uh, <laughs> and so, no, so, so we, we literally in year one. This doesn't matter because it wasn't a national competition yet. So in, in year one, we literally Todd and I changed the medal winners. Because we didn't want to look like yeah. we won our own festival. Yeah. Uh, so we're like, man, we can't win all the awards. This isn't good. Um, so I think I ended up winning third, and he took second, and we gave someone else first, just so it wasn't like you <laughs> sure. know, whatever. But we just got absolutely shit hammered, and and the next, you know, after it was over, I was like, oh my god, and this buzz just just started going around the, the the homebrew community, like, holy crap, the beers they had and everything else. And then Greg's like, well. We gotta we get let's 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 keep rolling here. If you guys run it, I'll give you the space. So we gave us uh, space at the Goose Island Wrigleyville, the the back back part. And what a shithole that was. <laughs> so we had to move all this crap out of the way every year for a couple of years, and it smelled like sewer and it was like dirty and we're I mean it was but it got kept getting bigger and bigger. Sure. And uh, and of course we appreciated you know all the all the help, but it was just like this is not. We, like, these, be, these beers yeah. need like we need to we need to elevate this, and so I want to say went from there to the Plumbers Union Hall. I don't think there's anything in between, and the Plumbers Union Hall right down the street here was before I even thought about this place for a for, oh, wow. for a fun place. Uh, it was right when we were all that was happening. You know, I'm 12 years old now, so this is getting around year six or so um, uh, of Fobab, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, so. That ended up being an awesome space. Judging was so much easier and better. Uh, we get way more people. We got way more brands. And awesome people started sending us beer from all over the country. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, whoa. Like, people are coming out of the woodwork that wanted to send us beer, like Lost Abbey and, and you know, breweries that you're like, you're Oma Gang. You're like, you... You, you guys per- know about... You, yeah, you, you purposely know. want to send me beer? <laughs> like, I'm not going, please, Tommy, send me this beer. He's like, he's like, you know... How much? How much red poppy do you need? How many cases? I'm like, all of the cases. <laughs> like, how many are you willing to yeah. send? Oh my god! So and duck duck goes and all these beers like like just they're they're like the history of these beers were they were just magical beers that we we're getting and so it became the hottest ticket and then it became like known like people were starting to travel like people are actually flying in or driving into Chicago just for this festival. That's awesome. Like it, 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 it went from a kind of a joke on April Fool's Day <laughs> that just to see what would happen to, and then it became our biggest fundraiser. And so not only did this this festival become what the like Illinois the Guild could be known for as a festival and as a beer town, it allowed the Guild to generate enough revenue to hire salaried people to help run the guild to make the guild more successful. So it was kind of this snowball effect of this cool thing became this bigger thing that became a money maker that became we hired people and that helped us run it better and then I didn't have to be there from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. <laughs> on the day of the festival walking around literally cash only with like $30,000 in my pants oh, pockets. <laughs> At drunk at 2 a.m. trying to get a, a cab. <laughs> like, really? I can afford it. Trust me. Just drive. <laughs> Here, drive. <laughs> so then we went to um, Southside. We went to uh, uh, Bridgeport, which I really like the Bridgeport Art Center. 
the Bridgeport Art Center was beautiful. It used to be the Spiegel Catalog Printing uh, Factory. Do you remember? I don't know how old you guys are, but for us, every year we couldn't wait for the Spiegel Catalog because the Spiegel Catalog was the internet in a catalog. Because there wasn't internet yet. So it had everything in this catalog from uh, tile flooring to, to a winter hat. And you could go through this whole thing. Now, I was flipping right away as a kid to the lingerie section. Um, anyway. Sounds like my Sears catalog. Sorry, Mom. Uh, so, but this place is beautiful. All hardwood. So we had a great view of the city. So we did the, the Bridgeport Art Center. And then. That was the first whole bed I ever went to. And the elevator sucked. Like, it yes, I got stuck in it. It was a thing. Yeah. But it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was drunk. Didn't I? At least you, you had a story. I was a told about I got stuck in the elevator. The yeah. In a pretty cool elevator at that. So, so, um, so then we went to, uh, once it got way more organized with executive director at the time, uh, Justin and some other folks going in. Um, into the UIC kind of family. So we're, which one's the forum and the pavilion? Pavilion yeah. forum, I forget which is which. So, the first time I went uh, was in the pavilion. That was with, that's yeah, the old space. Yeah. yeah, the pavilion was the old space, and now the forum. And so it just became a much way more organized festival, uh, better for the attendees, that kind of thing. And I did like the, the Bridgeport Arts Center um, for the attendees, but except for the elevators. But yeah, it just, <laughs> just, it just exploded year after year after year, and, and we ended up get to a point where we actually had, had to like turn breweries away because we didn't have enough space which wow. is i think a, a, a testament to the the quality of the festivals when people want to send you beer and they can't it's a good problem to have so, and that's pretty cool i don't know if that answered i don't even remember what the question was <laughs> I, tell, I, tell the story about the beginning of yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it brought us all the way up to modern times i asked you about what beer you were drinking <laughs> so what pete's not saying enough is that from Plumbers Union Hall, it's like 90-ish entries to UI, to Bridgeport Art Center the next year. We went from 90 entries to like 300 entries. Wow, man. And that has only increased since then. So from Bridgeport Art Center to UIC to different format at UIC, like it's only increased from there. So like it is, but an exponential increase that has been amazing and wonderful and like testament to everything that these guys set up. That like, not only was it 15 breweries that wanted to send beer the first year to to however many the second year, but then like culminating at like 90 breweries at the Plumbers Union yeah. Hall to now 300 and more breweries want to send beer. Yeah, how many breweries are this year? Oh, so we have, so right now we have um, uh, just about 200 breweries sending beer. Um, over 350 beers are being entered into the festival. Um, you, we're set. We're planning on selling somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 tickets. Wow! So to go from where where it came from to where it is now is is astounding. And, you know, we purposely cap the ticket sales because we want to make sure that it's a festival that people people can enjoy. The worst thing I've experienced at a beer festival is just waiting in line for beer. Yep. And that's not <laughs> what, that's not what we want to have here. Yeah. So. We have the whole concourse lined with beers. We have the arena floor lined with beers. Goose Island has an awesome outdoor um, area where they're bringing their train car. Oh, and nice. So they're, 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 they're serving their props and some of their interesting newer types of beers there. Gotta get right on that train. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and just to speak to that again, like, it, it was always important to me when I was running the festival with my, with my team at the time, that it was boutique and it was not too big and it wasn't too many people and you weren't just crammed in and and and, and, it, and it really makes me super like proud and happy to be part of of the guild still to this day and that they've kept that that it's not oversold it's not overpacked like there was a, 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 a that one year i think it got a little too crunchy down at the at those at the pavilion down here yeah yeah um but still, it was still you could get any beer you wanted, and and that's really a big part of why the festival is so popular is because you you have access to all these beers. We could make this a thousand beer event or two thousand beer event with twenty five thousand people, no problem. Yeah. But is that any fun? Right. I mean, it's not the event that 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 I wanted in the beginning that me and my my guys that I started with in the beginning, and it's not the event that Guild wants. The Guild wants a special event where you're. Seventy-five, eighty-five dollar ticket actually has value 
because you're getting these beers that you can't get anywhere else. They're all still small batch beers for the most part. I mean, the beers I'm entering this year, I've got two bourbon barrels of, of one the one beer and one bourbon barrel of the other. So you want to talk about rare, like yeah, like Bourbon County be. rare? Sorry, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I got 1.7 barrels of it. Yeah, <laughs> take that rare. Um, so, by the way, Greg and I are still very good friends. Deep cut. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's great. And no, I, I uh, sidebar, I, I got a text. I like, man, there's this kind of big, really hairy dude at the uh, at the bar that says he knows you. And he has brought some cider. And I'm in Chicago. I'm like, I'm like, uh, tell Greg I said hi. You know, it's like, but. Uh, sorry, I'm not there. Yeah, sorry, I'm not there, Greg. If I was, we'd probably be up way too late. Uh, but, yeah, so it's just the fact that it's still that important to the guild and all the organizers, Ray and Katie and everyone, that it's that it's a special event. It's not just a moneymaker. Yes, it's a, it's a fundraiser. Yes, it's right. how we, we, we grow the guild and make us a better beer state, beer community. We accomplish a lot of our political goals and, and our legislative goals. Sure, but they've kept it special and that's that speaks volumes because you could have easily made this thing into a giant just print money festival yeah. and, it's, and it's not that I, you know we, we still have people entering beers from almost half the states in the country right? we have about 23 different states entering beers that's um, cool. and that's in addition to you know so many beers from the Midwest but you know as far as California and Florida the people are coming out to Enter their beer in Fobab because it's 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 a thing and, yeah. and winning a winning a medal in Fobab is, and brings a lot of recognition to your product. Ju- judges are solid, man. We have good judges. It's not like a bunch of beer loving folks hanging around like, hey, come here, taste this. Which one you like better, Ralph? You know, it's <laughs> it's like it's really well. The judging's run super well. It's very strict. The guidelines are are, are, are amazing. I, I I'm really proud of of what. I and my, my buddies started long ago, but I can't I can't even say enough to what everyone else has done with it since then and run with it. Uh, and you know, one of my I think my proudest moments was when I was still announcing the awards. However um, many years this was, eight years ago was my my last year. This brewery won a medal, and you would have thought they'd won the Mega Millions and the Super Bowl and the World Series all at the same time. And they were so freaking excited. That's awesome. And I was like, they're excited because they sent their beer here. They won a medal at our festival. Yeah. And they're that excited. They were jumping around. They came up with pictures. Like, it was so good. Hugs, high fives. I was like, that means more to me than anything. Any dollar that we could make, anything we could do for, for the guild, that, that, that brewery took it that seriously and was that excited. I'm like, that means that this festival has become something that is important to not only the beer lover but the also the beer producer. Yeah. So that was like I was like we've made it now. When That's that awesome. brewery gets that excited about winning, yeah. this festival's made it. That's cool. Yeah. So you've talked about the number like, you know, the number of breweries and the number of different beers in your head. Like is there a cap that you don't want to go above? Like as far as the number of entries, well, it depends on the space, in my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that's right. I think we're right where we want to be for for the the location, yeah. right? Um, you know, when we when we outgrow the UIC basketball arena, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, to still make it, but it changes intimate, it changes the fest, it changes yeah. the dynamic of the fest, right? So, um, I think we're at a place now where we have the right number of tickets to sell. Um, the tickets are selling fast. You can get them at fullbab.com. Um, well, we have the right number of. I was going to say this is actually right, coming out at a time where people will still probably. That's right. We have the right Monday. number of breweries there, um, because you know you could spend the whole afternoon or evening trying all the all the barrel aged beers that you could possibly handle, um, and so I, I think I think we're in a good place. I can drink a lot. <laughs> I don't know, man. When the first time that I went, we I, I was at the I was, we went to. Pavilion. Yeah. Is that the pavilion? Yeah. And I went in there like gung ho. I'm like, I can't wait. I'm this is gonna be great. And like I, of course I went for like, you know, big, like big, big stouts. Not even thinking about sure. like, you know, uh, wild and how am I gonna feel in two hours? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was done. I was done. It was great. I mean I was I was I was a young buck. I was wet behind the air. I didn't have know you, what I was doing. Have you have you guys uh, uh, attended as press? 
No. no. Okay, so so this year you're gonna. Yes. This is funny. So the behind the scenes thing that no one really knows about is that everyone is clamoring to try all these barrel aged beers, these giant beers, and everything else, and all the people that actually make all those beers are upstairs drinking pilsner. Yeah, I believe it. I 100% <laughs> believe that. And like, cider. Absolutely. Isn't there like cases of like High Life or something that are like shipped in? Like, yeah. I, I, I absolutely believe this. Yeah. Well, because of that, um, we have a, an oasis for low ABV beers. We're calling it Lager Town. Awesome. And so folks, if they want to take a break from the high gravity That's beers, a really good idea. can try beers from across the Chicago land and Illinois yeah. area in Lager Town and kind of take a break and have a lager to relax and yeah. check out some cool new I, I, We that, learned that, I think, when uh, when we did Beer Under Glass. We, we were looking for a bathroom and didn't realize we would go to the brewers. And I was like, the, the security guy was like, well, you have those media passes, so this is your room. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But then everything was just like lined with like loggers and shit. Yeah, we're like, yeah there we are. There we go. Beer Under Glass is another one that we started that I was really proud of. I'm sorry to see that one go because I thought that was a really fun one. But that's a whole other podcast we can do. We can go back another time and do that. Uh, we found we found a great new location. Yeah, the new beer Yeah, not to see it go necessarily, but to change location. Yeah, yeah. we had a great time at Union Station this year. <laughs> <laughs> had fourteen hundred people come through, and um, you know, a couple hundred breweries, and so it was it was really cool to showcase beer from across the across the state in a place that's no more central. You can't get more central than Union sure. Station. And so it was, it, was a cool, it was a cool event. So maybe we were opening some box, but what happened with the Garfield Conservatory? Well, <laughs> if we oh, need to edit I, I, this out, we can't. No, okay. <laughs> so when we started, so when I started uh, the Oak Park Market Review, I started the Beer and Glass, me with my, my team, with my board. Um, we did it to be a part of other number profits and help them raise money too. And as we grew as a guild, we started to realize we that are not profit. We we also <laughs> well, we were, we wanted to help. We, need to help we wanted to help. We, want, we, we, get, we we also benefited yeah, from it. Sure, but we wanted to also try and help other community non profits because they didn't have the the easy money raising power that we did with a hundred breweries. Sure, people are going to show up, right? Yeah, people like, are going to drink beer. Like you can have an art fair, cool, enjoy the twenty five people. Yeah. Sorry, art lovers, but like if you have a, a beer fest, you're going to get thousand people show up so we we purposely partnered in the beginning with a lot of places to help our not-for-profit and theirs mm. and it was like a give back kind of thing and also it was cool location use their space too that kind of thing and as as we grew as a guild it made more and more sense for us to reel in our events and have them just be our own events so there's no like ill will in these in Oak Park or in, sure. in the Garfield Park Conservatory and things like that. But it's you know maybe it's time for you to have your own event and we're gonna have our own event. And when they took beer under glass to Union Station, like how freaking cool is that? Now you're in an iconic building, and it's, it's it was awesome. just for the guild. <laughs> Super easy which to get we're to. not yeah. trying to be like selfish, but. It's our members, our beer, our event, and we need to start as 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 we grow up as a as a guild and in this current climate with legislation issues and things that we're we're trying to fight. We need to start considering our own growth solely instead of helping other other not for profits. I think so. I, th- I think that's right. The one the one thing I would add is that they are undergoing they were undergoing substantial renovation to build out a children's garden, which is so important for that community. I'm yeah. so happy that's happening. But it really would have limited the number of brewers that could have attended. It would have changed the whole dynamic of the fest. And so we decided to take it to a new place. And then we threw we threw that festival. And then we all kind of looked at each other and said, wow, that was, that was amazing. Like, let's do that again. And so we're already looking to do it again at Union Station awesome. next year. First time ever saying that out loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, hey, we did it. There we, you go. Go. we got exclusive here. <laughs> <laughs> we got exclusive. <laughs> so we are we're, we are excited to kick off Craft Beer Week with that festival again at Union State. To speak to that, I mean, that's when I fell in love with doing it with with Garfield Park Conservatory. Was when I saw when we were doing the walkthroughs, school buses of kids coming in and being like, "Whoa!" And you're like. Yes, I want yeah. to be part of this. You know, sure. So there is there is still a love. In, 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 you're, you're 
we're all craft people. We're all obviously in business to make money, right? But at the end of the day, we all want to create something, and we also are all about community. You don't open up a craft brewery in a community without expecting to be a part of that community. Right. And, and so for us to be able to to be able to give back to these these places was was amazing. But yes, uh, now being as as much as we've grown in the last what, five five to eight years, we've doubled, right? Five yeah. years we've doubled, I think, yeah. something like that. So it's it's you know it's it's nice to have new locations and and especially iconic ones. And that I mean, I, yeah, I think that's right. And what, I, I'd say one more thing on the topic is that there's so many beer festivals now, yeah. right? There's just so many. There's, there's one, a lot. There's one every weekend if you want to try, maybe two, right? And so what we try to do at the guild is make them special with some, a place like Fobab. We make them special like a place like at Union Station at, and the Grand Hall where you don't have a chance to be, be there with you know thousands of other people and like see it and, and take it in. And so, um, you know, we really try to make things special and make them unique. And that's what differentiates us from, you know, just a lot of the for-profit festivals that get put up around, around the state. Yeah, we actually, we did a whole recap episode on Beer Under Glass uh, from this year. And that was, it was a lot of fun. Like, we, we had a blast. And that was your first. That was my record. first. That was my first. <laughs> a lot of firsts this year for Tony. <laughs> Back to third person. Um <laughs> Tony says he had fun. <laughs> Tony said he had a great time with his buddy Brandon because they took the <laughs> took the train down and took the train back. But it really was. It was it was it was awesome. I, I hadn't been to I hadn't been there in forever, so to go back in there for a beer festival, it was great. The way it was set up was great. Plus, you know, as we've done this podcast, we've made more and more friends within the Illinois craft well, beer. Don't consider community. today one of them. Damn right. It was. It was last kind of time funny though, coming in here, going to Union Station, <laughs> and just the look on people that were not expecting these hordes of beer people. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the mortified What's looks happening? on like the old lady sitting there, like, <laughs> like I just want to sit on the bench. I mean, there's dudes getting off the train that like. They're already double fisted on the metro. And it's like, let's go to a beer fest. And like, all right. And then we were the guys going back on the train, like, we were just at a beer fest. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so go ahead. Then I have, I have, I have a funny phobab story for you if you want it. And then I, I don't know what else you guys got, but yeah. this is, uh, we, we, well, no, I'm going to have Ray. You've got a list of things I, I need you to, to shoot out. I, I no, but we'll get to the story and then. We do the rap. You know, I really, I really do want to encourage everybody to um, go to phobab.com. Which the link is uh, will be in uh, this episode here. Uh, click on it. You can come find Brandon and I on Saturday. And, and check and check out the two events that we're having. Um, the first session is on Friday, November fourth, from six to ten. The second one is November fifth, from one to five p.m. Um, just putting a quick plug. Um, for the imbibe membership through the guild. So if you become an imbibe member, it's $50 a year. Um, it gets you in uh, a lot of these VIP type things. It gets you in an hour early to Fobab. Um, unfortunately, you know, you're signing up for next year at this time because we've already done our imbibe. <laughs> yeah. um, but what it also does, it gets you in, in early to Friday night flights events across, across oh, nice. the city of Chicago. It also gets you a copy of Illinois Brewing Magazine sent to your sent to your house every quarter um, and some other some other cool things so sign up for imbibe you can find that on illinoisbeer.org um, but again you know fobab.com to to purchase tickets or to see the brewer lineup which we just posted a few days ago we'll be releasing the beer lineup closer to the did festival <laughs> yeah you I missed at least twice did i miss the deadline <laughs> oh boy sorry katie but we have we have 12 style categories this year um, the newest one, which I'm excited about, is the new barrel aged lager category, which is oh a first for us. And so there'll, there'll be, um, you know, like I said, over 350 beers to try at the UIC Pavilion. Um, please take public transportation. The blue line's there. Um, it's too easy. It's, it's too, too easy. easy. It's, it's right near the Haymarket Brew Pub. <laughs> it's right near the Haymarket Brew Pub. <laughs> I mean, if you got time, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's funny how close Fobab always is to the Haymarket. That's right. Fobab has always been centrally located around Haymarket, and I just never could figure out why. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and Uber drop-offs and pickups right, right in front of right in front of the arena. Um, it's a great time. I would su- I would suggest your folks check it out. Absolutely. Any. Uh, 
No, please, no, please. I was going to say, anything <laughs> different, unique, special that is happening for the 20th year that you guys are... Well, I, I, will, I will say two things. I will say the lager category is brand new. And what we're finding here, in, in, especially in Chicago, is that... Well, I guess in Chicago, right? we, we are making astoundingly good lagers here. Yes. And it's, and it's something that is really growing. It's becoming kind of the the hallmark trait of what's what's happening here in the Chicago area. I will probably get shit about bringing this up again, but when this year started, I said, you know what? I really don't like loggers. And I think it was because, like, I didn't... If you notice, I've, I've had Pilsner since I've been you know, here. No, that just makes you a jerk. <laughs> you know, I, we're going to add... We're gonna Tony. All Tony is a jerk. <laughs> He's got Tony number. likes Pilsner. Not the first time. You know, <laughs> and it won't be the last time. But um, I, I've discovered this year, and it's been a lot of... Chicagoland breweries that have shown me that I really do like lagers, and a lot of them. I, a lot of it comes down to I, I like darker lagers, like Vienna yeah. lagers, yeah. things like that. But just up in, uh, we went to. I mean, this is Chicago, but when I, we were up in Michigan this weekend, we stopped at Seeds and I tried their Hellas Lager, and I realized that a Hellas Lager is probably like yeah. one of my favorite Seeds. styles. Eleven beers. miles from my front door, <laughs> and I couldn't even stop by. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, this year, Fobab on Saturday at 2.30, I plan on streaking the floor. Oh, sweet. So, we'll be there for that. We'll be there. It'll be my last, uh, probably, uh, ever on. ability to attend Fobab, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, uh, that'll be the end of that. But uh, it'll be something for the ages. Thank you, Pete, for making my life harder. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, I, Ray looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I will say, it's you know, like, I just really like kind of circle funny. back on the, on the lager. On the lager. Please, yes. Yeah, let's go back, back to lagers. Let's go back to that. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dovetail on our yes. side is, is, is amazing, but also if you go a, a, a little further west into 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 Downers, you know, um, um, Goldfinger is making oh, yeah. some astoundingly delicious lagers. The two breweries you just named are two of my favorite Vienna lagers. Yeah, they they are doing it right. Both those places. I mean, other places are doing it right, but yeah, yeah, they they are the ones that come to mind. New lager, and so you know the the new the new category of barrel aged lagers. I'm really looking forward to. I'm look. I'm also look, really looking forward to you know every year. It just gets better. People get better at this, yeah. and so I'm a sucker for a barrel aged stout with chocolate, like all that deliciousness that it's you in, want to drink. It's in your name. It's, it's in my name. <laughs> it's in my being. Yeah. And so you know the the chance to try all these before number one before anybody else. Yeah. But number two, like. You might not get another chance. Like Pete said, he's he, he's brewing one barrel of this beer, yeah. right? And, that, and that's it. And so you know, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It, it makes it a, a, a definitely a bit more exciting. It makes it not, it's already a special thing to go and do, especially for a beer fest. But just that alone, I mean, you're right. It might be the one time you'll have the opportunity to try it or ever. That's right. Yeah. So uh, unless this is the secret, I don't think you said it. What barrels are you using for your? Uh, I've got a b- bunch of different ones. Uh, I've got some Woodford barrels, uh, Wolf Point, which is a Chicago area distillery. I'm using them. Do you have something right now on tap that was Wolf Point? I, I saw? have Wolf I Point uh, barrel aged stout on tap right now. Okay. Yeah. Gotta go. And then uh, <laughs> I'll be entering a, a Wolf Point barrel aged Belgian quadruple with blackberries. That's, that's all Brandon right there. My motto for the year don't tell, don't tell the Belgians. judges. <laughs> don't tell the judges. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can edit that part. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, so, so I got a quick story. It's not really that yes, quick, no, but I'm gonna try and I'll try and edit it down. So I forget what year it was, but it was at Plumbers Union Hall. So we're run by all volunteers. Okay. So the competition coordinator, which is a volunteer, labeled all the draft boxes around the entire festival with what the beers were on a sheet on, on top. Facing the taps. As they were getting judged, the judging coordinator would walk up, turn the sheet to read it, and, and then it and then take the beers. <laughs> so every single beer that got judged that year was, was switched. Oh, oh no. man. <laughs> because they're like He's like, oh, barley wine from Goose and barley wine from Haymarket. And then they went like that, and then all of a sudden, they wrote down on the thing. And then they, oh, then they turned it back, and no one caught it. And I found, when I finally realized it, I was like, did you just turn that? They're like, yeah, so I could read it. Like, 
Yeah, but you just broke down the beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, beer's work. So oh. everything, every beer got judged. Like the first half of judging got judged. It got switched. Oh, no. So we got through the judging, and then we had to go back and be like, okay, well, that beer is actually that beer, and that beer is actually that beer. And it was just a giant mess for like an hour and a half. So we didn't even have the awards like figured out until almost the end of the uh, end of the festival because we judged the morning of the festival yep, at that yeah, point. Yeah. So it was it was a total disaster. But I was kind of like, I mean, at this point, I'm just laughing like, well, this is a total disaster. So, <laughs> but we figured it out. We think. And that's, so that year, we think those were the winners. <laughs> and that's why I really like Saturday because Saturday. Besides that mix-up many moons ago, um, Saturday is the day time, that you get to hear the awards. And my favorite part of FOBAP is, is the mad rush yeah. after the awards yeah. are announced. Everyone Everybody wants to, try, yeah. wants to try that beer. And it's extra special to me when some of these smaller breweries win. Yep. Like these Whiskey Hills yep. win or these other breweries that folks don't really frequent or haven't heard of or smaller breweries. And, because it puts them on the map. It puts them on the like the Illinois beer map, where folks are going out and trying their stuff. And, and Jeff, it's a you, hard metal to win. I mean, it's there. If you can make a good barrel aged beer, you are doing something right. Absolutely. And it's a good indicator that all your other beers are also kick ass. And so it, it's it's a real it's a real come up for people. We made a good barrel aged beer. Yeah, we did one time. <laughs> hey, it turned out okay. In a previous life, Tony made a good beer. <laughs> no, no, it's all branded. It's all branded at this point. My beers have been a little subpar these days. We did a we did a fifteen. What was I didn't some fifteen gallon. Yeah, we had a fifteen gallon uh, bourbon barrel. barrel. Yeah, that we rewet and everything. Right. And we had it turned out good. Three three different uh, brew setups, all brewing the same recipe. Yeah. Which was kind of ironic because everybody got different gravity, like other beers, and yeah. then you guys just added TME to, to theirs, so theirs was like 10%. Way to bring it up. And then we, we threw it in there, and then we actually, um, in, in a previous life, the Great Lakes Brew Fest used to allow yeah. home brewers from Illinois to come nice. in. So we entered as our brew club and brought our beer. And we were the only ones, like, we were soliciting people because they had an app where you can vote on the app. And we were just telling everyone, like, vote for us. We're giving them a beer. And, like, we won, like, out of all the beers in the entire place. We beat the Sierra Nevada. Yeah, like, we beat the Sam Adams. I was like, either people aren't voting or we're just that good. Yeah. I think it was sorry voting, but it was. That's You might have started the craft beer revolution. Tony started it. But Tony is finished. This is what we were talking about before, Tony, is that, you know, I'm a home brewer too. I enjoy home brewing, but like the fact that I'm around so much great craft beer all the time has really like tamped down my need to home brew. Right. Just everywhere I go, people are like try this awesome beer. I'm like, I can never do this like these guys are doing. I could try, but it, you know, but it's it's amazing to have access to so much. Here. See, I'm very much like I go into places and I'm like, I want to play with your stuff. Like, yeah, I want to, absolutely. I, I, what does it do? Like, I mean, obviously, because I've no, 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 don't give me the keys. Don't give me the keys. <laughs> oh, shit. See you later. <laughs> So, like, I own Haymarket now. <laughs> Sit out, everybody. So, Pizza's like, all around. Coming into this Pizza's space and barbecue. as a homebrewer, uh, I won a competition to brew on the Haymarket system. That's awesome. And I did, and it was amazing. It was wonderful, and it was great. It was so fucking cool. <laughs> um, was that the dinner that was a little after the Cubs game? Oh, okay. That was something else. <laughs> okay. And that's another story. Yeah, this was uh, a shootout. So I won, beer won. It was great. It was amazing. It was delicious. It was beautiful. We brewed it here. We aged it in bourbon barrels. That's right. It has had a super small release, both as non barely aged and less barely aged. Oh, fine. You um, it. it still hits as one of the rated beers <laughs> from this location. This is from Montana, in case you're looking. Ah, I like it. But... Or your own tap users out there. From, from a homebrewer point of view, like, literally, this is so much different and, like, so not what I ever thought. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Was, was the thing. And, like, 100% not interchangeable at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, just upscale your recipe from yeah, here. That's right. No, like, that's not it. interchangeable at <laughs> all. Well, no, that's what we did. So, for my wedding, we brewed. A, there was a. I basically tried to make like an Alpha King clone. Um, 
So I'd, I had been brewing it on a homebrew setup, and everyone like really enjoyed it. Like, it was good. I had it for. Like, I was giving honest and feedback, yeah, not yeah. like, oh, my friend has free Literally, beer. like I had five gallons of it for our, our housewarming party, it and awesome. it was gone yeah. within like forty-five minutes because everyone right. drank it. So I was like, let's brew this for the wedding, and um, good friends with the folks over at Alman. And they're like, dude, just come on our pilot system, do it. And yeah, like, they, they upscaled. That was so much fun. He, he awesome. threw it into Beersmith and upscaled it. And I was like, great. It, he, he made it better. No, it was a great beer. It was like, it was, it was a hot spot. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, nothing, it was a hot nothing against home brewers, yeah. but I always <laughs> joke when they're like, I gotta open up a brewery because everyone <laughs> yeah. loves my beer. Everybody I'm like, loves my I'm free like beer. I'm like, you mean all your friends that get yeah. fucking free beer yeah. love your beer? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course they're gonna. Wait till they gotta yeah. pay seven dollars a pint for it and tell me how they like it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Except for the last quarter of the bottle where you're yeah. chewing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone loves free beer. Yeah. Yeah. Your beer's the best. You should open a brewery. <laughs> cool. It's seven fifty a pint. Oh, never, never mind. mind. Just keep yeah. brewing in your garage. <laughs> That's like the story. Of, like Steve from. Uh, Double clutch. Like, yeah. He used to just everyone loved coming over to his garage because he turned his garage into a brewery. And yeah, it was free. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, kept talking don't about get me wrong. Like, the guy makes up, scaling up, scaling up. I like, mean, they, yeah, they, 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 they took some some medals at a Great American Beer Festival. There, yes, they did. Yeah, are, the group of the year. One hundred percent. There are those stories. There's double clutch. There's uh, Metropolitan, who is also like Same. the home brewer that made good. Like there are those stories, mm-hmm. but there's so many other people that trying to do it and didn't understand like just the difference between yeah. I'm bringing at home and it's so much fun and it's so cool and I need to brew for people and it has to be the same all the time yeah. and it has to be available yeah, yeah like, it's a business it's, it's, a consi- it's the consistency yeah. Yeah. Massive, when you get done brewing you get to clean the toilets and yeah. work in the kitchen and then tend bar it's not like because you're like halfway through the boil it's like trying to complain. now we can open up that imperial stout <laughs> we brought over yeah. to share because you know just right. clean it up I'm going to clean that tomorrow morning we're <laughs> you know, fine you know what I think a really good success story of homebrew also is, is Little Beaver Brewery down in um, Bloomington and, um, Chad, who's the owner there, entered the Sam Adams homebrew competition, ended up winning and opening that brewery all around that. So He's cool. participating in FOBAP. He always brings great barrel age. And that's, that's, a, that's a, like a, a legitimately good reason to like have some credential to open a brewery. That's absolutely you know? right. I mean, there's the flip side. Like what I what I despise is like people that have no brewing experience but think that the marketing can sell the beer, even though like, you just hire somebody. Dude, it's a great I'm label, the, bro. Yeah. Not Dude, gonna, you should open up. I think I may have mentioned this <laughs> the podcast before. I'm not going to say it again, but they are no longer with us. But it was uh, like they started out a marketing ploy. Well, Tony agrees. Yeah, Tony. Well, agrees. well gentlemen, I have to hit the road here. Yeah, soon. we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. No, thank you, thank you so much, uh, all three of you for. for Hey. for joining us and, and talking with us and, and hosting us here. Uh, quick recap, where can people find Haymarket yeah, both here right. and in Michigan? Uh, well, we're available in mo- uh, all of Chicagoland area. Uh, especially By the like way, Finney's. I have had Haymarket <laughs> beers before. Tony's okay. a jerk. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, Benny's, Whole Foods, Mariano's, a lot of the bottle shops and, and beer bars. Uh, Julasco's taking us in. Uh, so we're we're actually we're getting we're getting out there and getting available pretty much uh, wherever once you, you get, might shop. Once you get the jewels, you've um, made it. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, in Michigan, we're the whole west side, and then all the way to Detroit and Michigan as well. Nice. But physical physical locations as well. Uh, downtown West Loop, right on Randolph and Halstead, right off of the uh, Randolph exit on the highway. We're literally right off the exit. Super easy to get to. Uh, and if you happen to be waiting uh, for your way too long wait at Oshawall or Girl and the Goat, we happen to be a great spot to have a beer when you're waiting. <laughs> uh, and then in uh, Michigan, we're right over the border, exit 16, Bridgman. It's right there. No E, it's Bridgman, Bridgman. Uh, so super easy. It's only like 55 miles from here. It's actually not. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, if you door, can't find, door park, door, pit, so. find parking over here. Head out there. Yeah, you can park there. And, uh, One of my favorite beaches in Michigan. It's yeah, faster. so we've got we've got the well, we've got Warren Dunes over there, State Park. We've got Waco Beach. We've Dunes. got we got. I mean, it's beautiful over there. We've got a huge parking lot over there. We do wood fire pizzas, salads, sandwiches. Uh, here we've got a uh, full bar. And then a more diverse menu, and actually a new menu coming out here in the next few weeks, which is going to be pretty awesome. So, uh, and you could find out more about Illinois Craft Brewers Guild thank you. at IllinoisBeer.org, <laughs> and you can find out more about Fobab, including uh, purchasing tickets for Fobab for either the Friday or Saturday session at Fobab.com. 
those links for all of this are in the description of uh, the this episode as as well. So uh, yeah, like we said, um, we're gonna be at Phobab this year on Saturday. So looking forward come to it. find us as well. We'll be walking around probably with this uh, recorder. In I will. Hands. I will meet you guys in the VIP lounge no, for a PBR. No nice. Thanks. No thank yeah, you. Yeah, this yeah. is the first and last time I ever want to see you. <laughs> All right, Brandon, love you, buddy. Love you too, man. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Hey, thank you. Thanks, guys. This has been The Malting Hour. Be sure to follow us on all social media by searching The Malting Hour and at themaltinghour.com. You can also follow us individually on social media. Brandon can be found on Instagram as bmdub81, on Twitter, bdub81, and on untapped as bdubdrinksbeer. Tony can be found on Instagram and untapped under Ace of Help Chicago, on Twitter, the Ace of Help Chicago. Clark can be found as Clarkowski on all three. Dan can be found on Instagram as hip underscore underscore hops and hip hops on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until next time, cheers from all of us at the Malting Hour.